today on CityCast Philly. Card tires, dirty mattresses, and scattered contractor bags get tossed in our neighborhoods, and the trash piles up. I'm speaking with a writer who dug up some years of efforts to curb illegal dumping, but it's still a major problem. It's Wednesday, January 18th, 2023. I'm Trinae Nuri, and this is CityCast Philly. Bernard Brown, you're a writer for Grid Philly, and you're also an author of a book called Exploring Philly Nature, a guide for all four seasons. So your work focuses on environmental topics. You recently did a story about the efforts that have gone into curbing illegal dumping in our city for some years. And you spent some time with residents in the East Wick neighborhood, which is in Southwest. What did you see scattered around? What I saw was almost everything you could imagine that you'd want to get rid of. You know, one thing I don't think gets talked about enough is sometimes you see household waste, just people taking their trash from their apartment or their house and dumping it outside. You see sometimes bags of what looks like stuff from a catering event or from a restaurant. What you see the most of, though, is what sometimes gets referred to as construction and demolition waste. So stuff from, let's say, remodeling an apartment where you've got like you know broken up drywall or tiles from a from a bathroom, you see a lot of what looks like apartments that get cleaned out, being kind of like poignant snapshots of people's lives, either down an embankment or or in a park or or next to a road. And I think the last category to mention um, is tires. Tires can be a big component of, of stuff that gets dumped. But these are all things that end up getting dumped around Philadelphia. Bernard, there are trash pickups and places that you can deposit this load of trash, right? And so why aren't people using those methods? It's a great question. Um, (laughs) Your question gets to the heart of the problem, I think. One reason is that there's less places than you might think. Okay. Philadelphia has places where you can take a ton of debris, like literally like that charge you by the ton. For smaller amounts, we don't have a lot of great options. Well, we have decent options for the homeowner, perhaps. Let's say you and your apartment or your house, you're trying to get rid of your television. Um, if you've got an old piece of furniture you're getting rid of, you just ended up with too much trash and you don't want to wait till trash day. We've got these sanitation convenience centers around the city that are run by the city and are great places to come drop stuff off. I've done that myself. Those are not for contractors, though, and they don't take construction debris. And so there isn't a great sort of middle option in terms of commercial stuff. And so, the, you know, one proposal out there is to take the sanitation convenience centers and come up with some way that you can charge people for smaller loads. And I think that's a lot of what you see is that like van load or pickup truck load of stuff that gets dumped. Yeah, we're not talking like basic littering. This is large amounts of trash. I mean, speaking of it, where are maybe some hot spots for illegal dumping? I think the the hotspots track a lot with vacant land, and I'll add parks in there too. Because you know, if you're thinking, as I put my, if you put yourself in the mindset of someone who's trying to get rid of a pickup truck load of stuff without having to pay a lot for it, you're going to go somewhere where you think you're not going to get noticed. You're going to go somewhere where it's kind of dark at night. You're going to go right. somewhere where 
you think the neighborhood or the park might already be kind of trashy. So this tends to tilt towards neighborhoods with a lot of vacant land, a lot of vacant lots. So it, it tends to hit lower income neighborhoods, um, Philadelphia, particularly communities of color. And so you see hotspots uh, in North Philly. You see, like we focused on Eastwick in Southwest Philadelphia, because they've got a, a lot of big vacant parcels of land that are like catnip to, to illegal dumpers. To me, it's an interesting dimension of this is transportation. How does transportation play into illegal dumping? Well, I think of road access is what I'm thinking of mainly. So, so in Eastwick, it's really easy to hop off I-95, dump a load of stuff, and hop right back on. And I think um, when you look at places in, uh, even in parks where you see a lot of dumping, um, some of these are right off major avenues or even the Whitaker Avenue Bridge into Coney Creek Park is another hot spot where people just literally just toss stuff off the bridge. And uh, I talked to, this is one that was not in the article, but a friend of mine worked for the Tucani Tacony Frankfurt Watershed Partnership, it was leading a nature walk. And they you know, set off, walked past that point, came back, and there was like a load of stuff right where they had been walking that if someone had dumped it off the bridge when they were there, he really could have hurt somebody. So wait, they were giving a tour and just that fast someone dumped a pile of trash? Yeah. Yeah, I forget what kind of appliance it was, but it was the kind of thing where no, like this is wild. <laughs> it is, um, and people are pretty brazen about it. You talk to experts about it; they say it probably isn't just like a thousand people doing it once or twice. It's probably people doing it a whole bunch of times routinely. So you have thousands of these incidents across the city every year. There are many stakeholders who have taken on this issue, city council, the streets department. And I found even more surprising in your article, even the police department. You also wrote about how neighbors have set up cleanups and neighborhood watches to get things going. Also, the mayor has spent some efforts in this as well. So let's break some of this down. What did Mayor Kenny do? So what Mayor Kenny did was set up the zero waste and litter cabinet. It had been administered by one person, but pulled together people from various city departments that in some way touch on this. It sort of reaches throughout city government. It's one of these problems that's hard to solve because you have to get so many people at the table coordinating. But you figure the streets department, of course, that's the department that is tasked with dealing with waste in Philadelphia, solid waste. You've got the police, who part of their job is enforcing rules like city laws against things like dumping. You've got the DA's office to then build a case and advance a case against the person who's been dumping. You know, you've got the park system. So a lot of the cleanup that happens is by just the parks and recreation maintenance workers. The thing they spend the most of their time on is cleaning up trash in parks. Some of it is just people littering, but a lot of it is is people dumping piles of stuff in parks around the city. And so you had that cabinet sort of pulling folks together in the same room. Unfortunately, at the beginning of the pandemic, it got disbanded by the administration, as they said, as a, as a cost-saving measure. I should say in full disclosure that Nick Esposito, who ran the cabinet, now works for Grid Magazine. So he's I have a <laughs> maybe a little bit of a bias in favor of, of the cabinet. But while it was operating, the cabinet did manage, or I'll say it this way, that incidents of dumping declined. Historically, are all of these stakeholders normally involved in trash issues? That's a good question. Um, they're all individually involved in trash issues, and they remain involved in trash issues. The question is how well they're coordinating now, I think. So it's still, you know, it's still against the law to dump a load of trash, which means that the police and the DA would have to be involved. You've got to get their time 
in a way. In a lot of cases, you've still got to get the local police to pay attention when they're chasing people getting shot or you know, much more dramatic, violent kinds of things. We have a gun violence epidemic right now in Philadelphia. We have relatively short staffing in the, in the police. And so it is easy for them to say, that's just not a priority when we've got these other big things. And that's where having some kind of coordination entity really helps sort of like pull people to the table and say, no, wait, we really got to work on this. It's still important, even if it's not quite the same thing as gun violence. Right. And there's also a really big price tag associated with all these initiatives as well, right? You're absolutely right. So, in 2019, the total cost for cleaning up dump sites in the city was something probably around $4 million. Figure it costs about $600 per ton of waste. And in 2019, we had about 6,800 tons of, of dumped waste in the city. So, the scale is pretty big. It is expensive. Help me to understand this, though. We have all these people involved. Lots of money is being spent. Why haven't these efforts curbed the problem? I think in recent years, we've seen, a, it, like in the pandemic and quite recently, a drop-off in enforcement. That's part of it. It is still a crime that you're likely to get away with. And we talk a lot, and it's important to talk about what people are doing on the community level and responding to this. There's the CLIP program that sometimes helps with cleanups, also does a lot with, uh, with vacant lot cleanups in general, including trash and, and dumped waste. So you've got sort of the folks on the neighbor level who are really savvy, really smart. They have a good just hawks looking over their neighborhood at a level which I was just... I felt like outclassed. Like, I don't know my neighborhood anywhere near as well as these folks know their neighborhood. Right. And they're taking ownership of their neighborhood. Totally. Totally. Which is so cool. It is very cool. And it is, but most of what their efforts boil down to is coordinating the neighborhood to bug the city to pick up a pile of trash, focusing the city's effort to clean up what's already happened. That kind of enforcement sort of tends to fall outside of what they can do. And it also can be an intimidating thing. You could be perceived to be dangerous or actually be dangerous, depending on the situation. And so, coordinating the whole neighborhood to have the whole block call at the same time is really... I mean, I hadn't thought of that. Smart idea. But most of what they're doing is responding. Sometimes they're getting pictures of license plates. But again, even if they get a picture of a license plate of someone dumping, even if they confront them and the guy drives away, it has to then go to city departments and do real legwork, track down that driver of that pickup truck Um, and find them again. Speaking of that, yeah, I was also thinking that how you kind of get people to care about their civic duties and make it more appealing for neighbors, right? Like, how do we make trash, cleaning up, recycling, like more sexy? Sexy? I don't know, sexy. (laughs) Um, I would say that that part of it is making it easier to to Mm -hmm. dispose of smaller amounts. One thing that is, I think a lot of people focus on in the advocacy space around this is making sure that vacant parcels of land that get dumped on look well kept. You know, the Pennsylvania Horticultural Society has a program where it partners with a lot of local groups and with city departments on taking vacant lots and sprucing them up a bit, you know, putting up a fence, planting some trees. And that like hopefully deters people from dumping. Right. It makes it look like, no, this is a place that's cared for. Someone cares mm-hmm. about this space. Go take the trash somewhere you should to help deter. And also just activating the spaces 
as active spaces? Um, are they places that businesses could utilize in some way? Are there places where you could have a garden? You know, things like are the places where you can put up playground equipment? All of these are, are ways that you can take a space from just being a blank spot on the map and turn it into something active that is then less attractive to dumping. Are there other solutions or other cities tackling their illegal dumping issues using like different approaches? I mean, A, there's a lot of places where it's easier just to take take a load to your local dump and get rid of it for less money. If you come from another place, it can be a little mind-boggling that you go around our city on trash day or a neighborhood on trash day, and there's just trash bags sitting there all naked by themselves on the, the sidewalk without trash cans or trash cans kind of overflowing with with waste. A lot of places give residents uniform lidded trash bins, right? Places have maybe twice weekly trash pickup. So there's things you can do there. In Camden, it sounds like they've had some luck with using cameras to deter dumping at hotspots. Again, that does take a certain amount of labor to then review the footage. And uh, there's an interesting proposal from some folks at Penn. They apparently developed an AI system to scan footage from cameras set at dumping hotspots to then pick up where in the tape or where in the recording, it looks like someone pulled up with a van and, and dumped a bunch of stuff. City hasn't taken them up on it yet. And I'd say, again, you know, we dissolved the entity in the city that was coordinating among de- departments. We don't have to look to another city. We did that. And it was working. <laughs> Maybe didn't do everything, yeah. but it's something that's that for the the price of one staff person at at City Hall, you can take a bite out of a multi million dollar problem. Bernard, before you go, where can people turn for immediate trash removal needs? Put in a three one one request. Get your neighbors to pile on and also submit three one one requests. Get a hold of your district council person's office. Um, tell them about it. Get people coordinated to kind of gang up on the city to raise it up on the pile of things to do. All right. Bernard Brown, a writer for Grid Philly and author of Exploring Philly Nature, a guide for all four seasons. Thank you so much for joining me on CityCast Philly. Thank you. It was my pleasure. We'll have a link to Bernard's full story in our show notes. And like Bernard said, for immediate trash needs, call 311. And here's what else Philly's talking about. Yesterday in Harrisburg, Josh Shapiro was sworn in as Pennsylvania's 48th governor. According to the Inquirer, Austin Davis made history on Tuesday as well when he became the state's first black lieutenant governor. The state Senate did have a short session, but State Senator Doug Mastriano, who lost to Shapiro in the November election, didn't attend the swearing in ceremony. The Philadelphia Police Department is likely to experience more staffing shortage issues despite multiple police academy graduations that are expected this year. According to WHYY, Police Commissioner Daniel Outlaw said the department is looking to boost recruitment, but the number of cops leaving the force may be more than the number of cops coming in. And the Philadelphia Parks and Rec Department is offering free swim training and lifeguard certification classes. The training is tonight at Lincoln High School at 7 o'clock. For more information and to sign up for classes, go to phila.gov. We'll have a link in the Hey Philly newsletter. That's all for today here on CityCast Philly. If you enjoyed this episode, tell your neighbors if illegal dumping is happening around your block. Hit that subscribe button and be sure to sign up for our morning newsletter, too. It's called Hey Philly. 
We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. Bye.